You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. I'm your host, Andy Compton. Hi there, and thank you so much for joining me today at Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds. Have you ever given thought to the moments before your wedding mass? These moments can just go by in a blur as you have your rehearsal dinner, you're getting dressed, you've got photos being taken, you're getting whisked to the church, squeezing in a first look, trying to breathe and calm nerves and say hello to people peeking into the bride's room. But what if we could bring Jesus right into the center of all that excitement? So today on on the podcast, we have Stephanie Callis. She is Spoken Bride's co-founder and editor-in-chief. And she's the author of Invited, the Catholic, the Ultimate Catholic Wedding Planner, available through Pauline Books and Media. Stephanie met her husband, Andrew, in an English class at Mount St. Mary's University. They were married on the campus in 2011, and now they live in Maryland with their son and their three daughters. So thanks for being with me today, Stephanie. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I really loved your article, How to Spiritually Make the Moments, the most of the moments before your wedding mass. So what can couples do? Like, how can we apply our faith to those, like the hours before we get married? Thank you. Yeah, I know that for me, uh, like the desire to um, make everything feel like so significant and so spiritually important right before the wedding felt like a really heavy pressure. Um, So if anyone else listening is feeling that way, um, I would encourage you to just pray for a sense of presence and trust that the Lord and the Holy Spirit will enter into these moments if you open yourself up to that. Just dispose yourself towards receiving, um, you know, receptivity, John Paul says, is one of the aspects of the feminine genius. And so that was my prayer, like, Lord, just help me receive, you know, give what you want to give me and help me not to feel the weight of making everything, you know, super memorable or social media worthy, but just show me what you want to show me as I prepare, you know, to enter into this sacrament. Um, And I think that there's a freedom in that, in not um, kind of putting the expectation on yourself that everything has to be really momentous. And like, certainly there are those moments, just like those pure gifts and those pure graces um, where you do feel like, um, you know, that thinness between heaven and earth and um, things that you know that you're going to remember forever. But just being open to the fact that things might pass quickly and that there are still ways to be present, um, I think, for me, was um, was a great source of, um, of peace and of freedom. Um, I do want to talk, like I did in the article, about um, three specific ways that couples can um, enter into these last moments before their marriage in a particularly spiritual way. Uh, the first one is a general confession which is different from general absolution when a priest would be um, absolving a group of people all at once in something like an emergency situation. Um, It's also not an actual sacramental need to receive absolution for your sins for a second time if they've already been confessed in the past. Um, It's more of like a mental and a spiritual exercise that's intended to draw you deeper into self-examination and just to highlight, um, you know, areas for growth in virtue or growth in your spiritual life. Um, And so the way it works is that um, it's a benefit to schedule it in advance. I would recommend um, maybe a week or two before your wedding just to communicate your expectations with your celebrant. Um, It's great to do with your spiritual director if you have one. Um, 
And the way that it works is that the penitent confesses just every sin that they can remember since the age of reason and um, what that offers um, through the sacrament of reconciliation is just an opportunity for like a deeper than typical reflection on your past or your habitual sins. And then because of that, a particular way to experience the fruit of healing and growth, you know, that the Lord wants to give. And so with a priest who has an experience with that type of reconciliation, a general confession can be um, just such like a uniquely personal and specific way, I think, to, um, to experience the Father's love and his mercy, and also just the encouragement to constantly practice reflection and, and self-examination um, can only be a benefit to kind of, you know, your toolkit for your relationship and, uh, and for marriage. Not a requirement, um, and not all um, priests, you know, um, are familiar or will do it, but um, for anyone interested, I would encourage you, you know, to ask your celebrant to speak with a spiritual director if you have one. And then to um, to go from there. The second uh, tip I have for spiritually making the most of the moments before your mass would be uh, making the night before your wedding a time for worship and a time for the sacraments. Uh, depending on your families, your wedding party, and your guests who are arriving um, into town that night, it can be a really wonderful way to bring in the communal aspect of marriage you know we don't participate in the sacraments alone and we as the church are such a communion and such a community one body in christ and so um, you might consider asking your celebrant um, any friends who play music to lead a holy hour with adoration with prayer um, or confession after your rehearsal dinner if it's something that you want to open up to other guests as a welcome event um, your wedding website is a great place to put that information and then the final tip that I have um, is also related to confession. Um, it's okay, as I said, if a general confession isn't possible at this time right before your wedding, but uh, being able to receive the sacrament of reconciliation um, right before your mass um, just opens wide the avenue to such grace that is found in the sacrament of marriage. So if you're doing a first look, you might choose to meet right after your confessions. You might choose to meet um, in an adoration chapel if your uh, church has one. And um, it just brings such an extra significance to the moment. Uh, I interviewed Katie Skiba a few years ago. She's a writer and a speaker on Catholic marriage and womanhood. And she told the story of going to confession just a few minutes before her wedding mass. And then her husband did as well. And um, she pointed out that they were actually receiving three sacraments on their wedding day. They received absolution in the sacrament of reconciliation, sacrament of Holy Communion during their mass, and then the sacrament of Holy Matrimony, the start of their vocation. So she talked about just sitting before the tabernacle in her big, you know, puffy wedding dress. And that was for her when the excitement really sank in. Um, I've talked to couples as well who um, will pray together during their first look or who will um, even pray with their guests right before the mass. And so um, just think about, you know, ways that you and your fiance like to pray, thinking about, um, you know, the ways in which your spirituality is naturally drawn can be a good exercise in thinking, um, you know, how you can bring that into your personal experiences of your wedding day, as well as um, kind of invite in your family and your friends. I love it. Those are all such great tips. Thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
And I was thinking just with so much, there's so much focus on intentionality and mindfulness Mm -hmm. right now that these are all such good ways to just refocus and to not be present. I mean, and to be present and not be so focused on the future, which I know for me, especially was a really big temptation Mm -hmm. During the mm-hmm. time, it's like, okay, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is the next thing going to happen? Yeah. And it's yeah. like a good way to reframe and bring yourself back to the present moment. And just to soak in all those graces of that day and that whole, I mean, the whole experience. I think so, too. It's so easy to say, like, you know, we're here for the sacrament and that's what it's all about. And yet, you know, your to-do list is keeping on until, you know, you're walking into the church pretty much. And so um, for me, like you said, I experienced a very similar kind of like recentering of like, you know, this is why we are here. And I think a lot of us um, go through that and just having that reminder and those constant opportunities to um, to reflect on it can be a huge gift. Absolutely. Um, so how did you and Andrew spend like the last day or the last few moments before you guys got married? Oh, gosh. Um, well, we lived apart uh, before we got married. Uh, he was living in uh, West Virginia for grad school, and I had just finished a mission year in Philadelphia. So we both uh, kind of moved very temporarily back home with our families uh, during the month before our wedding. But it was still more than an hour apart, so we didn't see each other a ton. But I remember that the week of our wedding, we had both committed to going to daily mass individually as often as we could. And um, I just prayed constantly, you know, for the start of our vocation, for a happy and a fruitful, abundant life together. Um, And then at our rehearsal dinner, we had our priest stay for uh, half an hour after to hear confessions. Um, Something that I learned was that because priests are such experts with, um, you know, running a rite of marriage ceremony Mm -hmm. or a nuptial mass, um, they're pretty good at, um, you know, answering all the questions and anticipating any questions that you might have during the rehearsal. So that ended so quickly, but because we knew that people would want to talk and uh, gather before heading into their cars immediately to dinner, we said, would you mind staying for, you know, an extra half hour, then anyone who wants to can attend confession. And so he stayed, Um, Andrew and I both attended, and then we ended up being the last ones in the chapel. And that, um, for both of us, we said after it was kind of when it really started to, um, to sink in, like, this is it, like the next time that we will be in this chapel will be for our wedding. And um, for me, I just started to cry. And, um, you know, like the joy of everything just felt like so um, it was just it was just right there, you know, with us in in God's presence. And so that's a moment that I really love to cherish and to, um, to look back on. Um, oh, and another thing was that um, the day before our wedding was actually my brother-in-law's birthday, uh, Andrew's youngest brother. So uh, mm-hmm. the rehearsal dinner was at his grandparents' house. They made this delicious like Arabic feast for um, our families, our grandparents, and our wedding party. And then we also sang and had birthday cake at the dinner. And um, it was really cool. It stands out to me because I remember thinking that it was a really nice reminder that the celebration wasn't just about us, but, you know, about our families and the people that we loved. And so to all be there to, um, to sing happy birthday was, um, was a neat opportunity. Um, let's see what else Andrew and his grooms. When I think they prayed while they were getting ready, they played ping pong and uh, <laughs> did the rosary. Um, I did the rosary by myself while I was, you know, making coffee and taking a shower, doing my nails and stuff on the morning of, um, and then if we had had a first look, I would have loved to spend that time in prayer. Um, at the time that we got married, it wasn't really a common 
occurrence. And so um, we didn't talk about it with our photographer or consider it, but I look back and like, I love the idea now. So especially if I had known how little time we would have had to really talk and be like present with each other during the day, I think that that would have been a time I would have loved to pray. So for anyone who is doing a first look, you might consider making that um, a part of your time together, depending on what time allows before the ceremony and before your other portraits. What was it like for you, Andy? What do you remember about right before your wedding? I'm trying to think. So, I mean, this was like almost 13 years ago now. So I remember being so <laughs> crazy, nervous, excited I <laughs> yeah. through the rehearsal. I was just like, like shaking and just so excited. I just thought <laughs> it was coming out. But so that night I spent, I spent the night at a hotel with my friends so that uh-huh. we could get, get ready there. We had like a, just a bigger space than at, at my house. So it was a lot yeah. easier with my giant dress to kind of maneuver around. And I know we prayed in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. And they gave me a spiritual bouquet that they had all been praying for me and they tied all of their intentions and all the prayers and sacrifices that they were oh, doing. Awesome. Was okay. it a surprise? Yeah. It was a total oh, surprise. That's I loved, awesome. I loved it. And yeah. I'm trying to think. So we got ready and then my parents came just for like the veil and like the finishing touches. <laughs> and I thought it was really cute that my mom like did like a little blessing, like just kind of prayed over me and the photographer caught it. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like a really sweet moment. And I love that yeah. I have like that captured on film. And so I guess my yeah. parents were my first look. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that wasn't a thing back in 07. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were, we were running late. So we, we got to the church, we were in a limousine. And then the coordinator just like frantically came up to me and she's like, I can't, I can't find the groom. And I remember <laughs> looking at her going, have you checked the chapel? <laughs> and there, that's where they found him. It was there with his right? I was. I'm, I wish I could have been in there. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, both of you were just preparing so intentionally. And before we go, I have a fun question for all my guests. All what right. do you hope to be the patron saint of? I'm going to say the patron saint of houseplants that thrive on neglect. I love growing. <laughs> And I've learned a little bit more about plants and gardening over the past couple of years, but only with a lot of research into what requires very little water and shade and what does better when I leave it alone. So anybody who needs a similar type of plant, maybe I'll be their girl. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your story. Yeah, to share. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You know, thank you. Like, thank you for helping us find ways to like bring Jesus to the center of our wedding and marriage. That's Aww. that's what it's all about. I hope so. He wants to be present with us too. You know, and so when we when we give him that, we're just repaid with even more. Oh, that is so true. Thank you so much to Stephanie Callis, co-founder and editor in chief of Spoken Pride, for being with us today. And to you, all of our listeners, thank you so much for being here with us. We so appreciate each one of you, and we pray for you. Please send us your prayer requests at hello at SpokenBride.com and visit us at SpokenBride.com to learn more about how to spend the moments before your wedding mass. God bless.